Welcome to Serially Hooked Star Wars. We're your hookers, Chris and Rashad, and today I want that one. Find us wherever you get your podcasts or at seriallyhooked.com where you can get all our latest info. We'll do weekly coverage of The Mandalorian, of course, and have other exciting things in the pipeline for you, so be pumped, stay tuned. We're here for all of it. And with that, this is the way. We're back, baby. How do you feel, Rashad? I feel absolutely amazing right now. Um, you also buried the lead because we have the hookies coming up next week. So for sure, tune <laughs> into that. I'm just going to like yeah. put my little like two cents into there. The best show of the year. We're really looking forward to it. All of the best movies, all of our favorite things from top to bottom. They'll all be there. We're going to nominate them this week and see what comes out moving forward. So look, looking forward to that. And But for, but for today... I had to, sorry, sorry, I had to do that, Chris. It's like, no. Of course, of course. <laughs> I, had to. I wanted to be like, you know, not mention anything specifically, but yeah, absolutely. The hookers are coming. We're so excited for it. We haven't been talking about movies for a while and we're back and we're just going to be talking about movies for like two episodes probably. And yeah, I'm so excited for that. I, I'm also really excited uh, for that and also for today. I have lots of thoughts, lots of thoughts, of course, um, now that we're back in the Mandoverse, but it is just like, it's so nice. It's so nice to be back. Like, <laughs> just like seeing Grogu like waddle around, just being Grogu, doing Grogu things, taking a nap on Din Djarin's lap, like spinning chairs with the force. Like, he's just so cute. And uh, yeah, I'm just, it's like all happy, good feel vibes. Obviously not a perfect episode. Nothing's perfect other than Andor, but it is just like, <laughs> I'm just like happy to be here. Yeah, same. Uh, Grogu, obviously amazing. Uh, he just likes eating things as well, like using the force to get the sweet or tr just trying to eat anything that's smaller than him. Uh, super <laughs> cute. Uh, yeah, I'm I'm just so happy to be back. I was slightly concerned how they're going to, you know, work in the two episodes that weren't part of The Mandalorian, but part of Book of Boba to kind of rescue that garbage fire but um you know they just assume that you've watched that otherwise you'll be super confused how grogu is back with din um but obviously we've watched it yeah i was talking to a friend the other day and i was telling her like oh yeah are you excited for mando and we're like we're talking about star wars or whatever and then she was telling me that she hadn't watched book boba fett and mm -hmm. or she started it but it stopped like two episodes in and I was, I and she's like, her. oh, but she's excited to see Mando. And I'm like, oh, no, 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 no. You need to watch a, like, watch these <laughs> two episodes at least of Boba Fett before you get into Mando. Yeah. Because you're, if not, you're going to be like lost mm -hmm. or disappointed because you missed something. You'll feel like you missed something huge. And you did because they decided to like bury something great inside of that trash. And uh, yeah, you mentioned it already. It's not a perfect episode because nothing but Andor is. We're going to talk about it. Uh, I definitely have some notes that I didn't like, but overall, as you said, I'm just excited to be back. There are some very intriguing new developments, and we're going to talk about it all. Yeah, I mean, at like a service level, this episode was just was just a table setting episode. We're yeah. putting all the pieces into play. What are we going to do? What's up? What's everyone been up to since the last time we saw her? Saw them? Like, you know, Cara Dune is off 
off screen. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. I wanted to mention that actually because they just write her out of the show with one line, and it's like, yep. Great. Apparently, at the premiere in Los Angeles, um, when they said that line in the premiere, the entire theater just started laughing. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah, she's over there doing other things. Oh my god. Yeah, so I think it's like it's really cool just to see all of our friends and again, and here we are. Um, I think one of the things that will be good about this show moving forward is now we have all these different like paths to go down. Some mm. some familiar, right? The Bo-Katan stuff, the Navarro stuff, IG-11, whatever. Then some new things. You have the Anzalians, you have the pirates, some like sprinkling of new things. But then when we're expanding the universe, going to Mando- Mandalore at some point, conceivably, it is, mm-hmm. you know, it's just like, all right, what's going to come? That's why it's really hard to judge this episode in terms of like how good it is per se because it's all about vibes this episode and the vibes i think were good and you know that's that i guess that's it and that's actually something i wanted to ask you how did you feel seeing the anzalians did it you know obviously we've seen a very prominent anzalian in a movie that must not be named but i was very concerned when i watched them i thought i thought oh no is this a tie into this horrible horrible movie or what and how does rashad feel about it so rashad how do you feel about it first of all how dare you even allude to that (laughs) (laughs) no but in reality i didn't really feel bad okay yeah, I don't feel that bad about it, honestly. It's there in Zellians. I'm not gonna and Babu Frick was fine. Babu Frick's actually kind of funny in that movie. Yeah. Like uh, it's 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 not his fault that everything else was terrible in that entire godforsaken mm-hmm. thing. <laughs> I don't even know what to call it. It's, not, it's just it's just no, no oh my god. Okay. They better not be tying they are tying this into the episode nine though, like clearly. And yeah, yeah. you haven't kept up with um with uh Bad Batch, right? I haven't watched it at all since we talked not. about it. Obvi- uh, of course not. Yeah. So I will not say anything about that, but tune into Bad Batch oh, to actually yeah. see other stuff that's going on. But they yeah. better not, they're going to tie this into, I mean, this we always knew that this was going towards uh, some sort of like harvesting Grogu's blood for something for force reasons. Speculation yeah. has been cloning for a while, which ties into like Star Wars Episode Nine. <sighs> but I'm not gonna like it's not gonna ruin my experience of having the Anzalians. They're cute in this episode. Their little like yeah. workshop was really cute seeing Mando sit like, you know, with his legs crossed <laughs> there was really, really cute. Um Grogu yeah. trying to take one home as a pet was also really cute. Um yeah, it's just that was fine. Like whatever. Okay. <laughs> I'm very I'm very relieved. Yeah, you should be. I have to take a break now. <laughs> well, uh one one last overarching thing for me you've mentioned it this is a table setting episode but i thought it was a little bit there was like a little bit too many moving pieces i thought um obviously a lot of the things are going to come back and it's all fine but i i thought oh we're going to do this also interesting um but yeah maybe i don't know if you have any other overarching thoughts otherwise we can just get into the episode itself no because like on the one hand it did feel like mando because we're seeing all of our friends we're just really the whole center center of the show is grogu and mando and their relationship yeah so great that was fine 
I think, though, in terms of pacing, it did not feel like a Mandalorian episode because what I loved about the Mandalorian mm-hmm. in some ways is that you spend an entire episode on a planet, one set piece, one location or two sometimes. But this one was like going here, then here, then here, then here, then it was space battle, then here. Like it did seem <laughs> a little bit disjointed at times, um, but I just attribute that really to what they wanted to accomplish in this episode. And they do in some ways kind of rehash some of the stuff they talked about in Boba Fett. Obviously, they're just yada yada the whole Grogu plot, but they have a similar conversation again with the armorer here about bathing in the water, the living waters and the mines underneath Mandalore, that whole thing. So you kind of have, they are kind of going over some of the stuff that they went over in Boba Fett again, but, you know, um, I I think it's fine. Uh, Yeah, I I see what you're saying, and I agree, uh, but it's just not that big of a concern for me. No, you know, it was just a. It, I'm not in, super worried about it either. I'm, I was just like something I realized, maybe, you know, close to the end. I was like, oh wow, this is we're doing a lot. And as you said, yeah, it's not entire. The pacing is not what Mandalorian has been in the past. But you know, yeah, it also, yeah, it is the first. And it is the first episode, and we're also in a bigger world now. We've had two seasons, and we've we've had a lot of places a lot of people so it makes sense that it's not as singular as the first season yeah for sure i think one thing also though for me is that as much as i loved andor and i'm not going to say this is not i'm not going to follow that up with a critique critique of andor but what's great about andor is that it is so distinct from the rest of the voice of star wars and that's what makes it so fresh so cool so unique and what the, what what this brings though what mandalorian brings is that it is it, it is like wholly within the ethos of star wars so this mm-hmm. feels like star wars more than Ma- andor did and while andor is a perfect show and i will take nothing else from it and i will accept no other response other than pure perfection in reaction to andor <laughs> it doesn't feel like star wars and that's to its credit but the, sometimes you just want star wars and mando is just perfect for giving you that feeling again and I felt myself, I was wondering if I would feel a little bit, ag- it's not agitated, but a little bit w- weird or uneasy coming back into this kind of hopeful, happy, kind of go lucky vibe <laughs> show after Andor, <laughs> because I love that so much. But no, I was mm-hmm. ready to go into it fully head first. I was diving into it. Um, and I just really enjoyed, you know, just being part of something that feels like Star Wars. So it's been a while. And we're so happy to be back. So let's start at the beginning. We legit there is a new beginning at the at the opening of this episode where a child gets a helmet in the children of the watch <laughs> and the party gets crashed by a giant sea lizard. Uh you know, a good action set piece. I thought a lot of many many Mandalorians. I was surprised to see that many and they have apparently sort of recovered after their you know after taking huge losses in in the show earlier and then they get saved by din in his cool new ship uh what do you think about the introduction of this episode at first i honestly god thought it was a flashback and that was young Pedro pascal Mm -hmm. i was like oh are they going there like is he gonna do something cool here for a second and i i feel like they were like leading us down that direction some way um but 
I guess I, I mean, in the end, I thought it was fun. Uh, it was kind of interesting to see them get like wasted by this lizard. Like, yeah. it was like it was the lizard kind of seemed OP for a second. Also, really stupid strategies by them, like hooking themselves <laughs> to the lizard, like putting the bombs like on the shell or on the, like the yeah the shell of the lizard so that it like won't affect it. It just it's it's like no one used their brain to be like let's find a weak spot and it was kind of like oh whatever to see now we see mando come in with his like fancy starship i i mm-hmm. was okay with it it was fun to watch i guess to start but it really did throw me off that i i really thought it was going to be a flashback and was quite surprised when mando came in with his whole thing um and and killed the lizard also kind of gr- kind of like kind of there were guts flying everywhere there was some blood there it wasn't like a, mm-hmm. it's, it's like huh disney you're doing something <laughs> very true i was just happy that it wasn't um din just because that i was kind of confused because of the armor and because of Vizla, because they're both there and like how old are they <laughs> um but also i didn't unsurprisingly i didn't like the child actor so <laughs> i was like oh my god i hope we never get to see him again um <laughs> and yeah the fight itself as you said it's, it's kind of uh, a nice action set piece, but also, you know, stupid ideas. It kind of reminded me of uh, some D&D fights I've been in with, like, one giant enemy and the whole party is like, oh, my God, what, what are we going to do? Um, so that was kind of fun on a meta level for me. Uh, yeah, it was it was a nice intro, though. I think, yeah, as well, they toyed with the question of whether or not that's a flashback. I was, I was also slightly confused, but again... I think the armorer and Vizsla were like if because they are there, they were there. I was like, there's no way it's 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 a flashback. I would it wouldn't surprise me if the armorer is that old, honestly. Yeah, Vizsla I get, but not really with the armorer. And it, yeah, it, that kind of leads us to the to the next scene, which you know, Din goes back onto his seeking redemption to go to Mandalore and as you mentioned, or like bathe in the mines. And yeah, has a brief chat with the with the armorer, and I was very confused because I think she made it very clear. And I mean, of course, it's it's an a reminder for the audience, like this is the state of Din's position within the community. But also, if he's expelled from it, if he's like ousted, why does she talk to him? It doesn't make any sense. Like, please follow your own rules you little cult um you really gotta work <laughs> on your discipline there um but i mean of course from a narrative perspective it was just brief reminder this is what din's uh, situation is like and so it made sense um on that level and yeah then we get to see some spales space whales and octopuses in an, uh have we seen them before the one that goes in hyperspace yeah, I feel like we've seen them in Clone Wars, right? Or oh, was of course, it in Rebels. Rebels. Yeah, that's yeah, like Rebels. a yeah, huge yeah. plot in Rebels. You forgot about the Purgles? Yeah. like the entire no, no, end no, of no, the no, entire no, series no. are the Purgles. No, no, no. That's what I just said, right? We've seen them before. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. So that that was kind of a fun callback again. Dave Filoni doing Dave Filoni things. I wonder if that's going to have a callback at all, uh, because mm-hmm. clearly they're, they they do that intentionally. Because the last time we saw both Ezra and Thrawn 
is with the Purgles. And I wonder mm-hmm. if they're going to come across them in some way, if they and they are going to like um, go towards, they're going to find Ezra and Thrawn in some way, shape or form um, in this season. It'll be really interesting to see. And also because it's, it's clear that the Purgles have a connection to force users like Ezra, yeah. for example. And if, if Grogu can maintain a similar relationship to them and not try to choke them out, because that's what Grogu seems to do all the time, <laughs> I think it would be a really cool subplot to see, okay, can he communicate with them? Is this going to be a recurring thing? Or is it just like a little like a uh, little flash uh, of something different? Uh, but it was really cool to see them. I like how they showed them. I like the shadows in the background of these great big whales. I thought it was a gorgeous way to really insinuate something big and powerful and not actually show. So I, I thought it was a really good choice by the showrunners in this episode. Yeah, I mean, very exciting. I really hope we get to see Throne eventually. I mean, we have to within the next two years with all the shows coming out. But, um, you know, maybe it's one of these things we see him in this show for a bit and then we really get to see him in, in the Ahsoka show. It could be. I wouldn't be surprised if they do like an Ezra reveal this episode or maybe oh, not. Please not. Please not. I don't want to see Ezra ever again. No, nah, well, it's going to come. Like, there's no surprise. Like, he has to. <laughs> like, I mean, the last we saw him, he's still alive. So if Thrawn's alive, it's either you're going to see Ezra's corpse or you're just going to see you're going to see Ezra. So you're probably going to see Ezra. Um, we don't have I mean, to you're see, see every Jedi. No, you're going to see the whole... <laughs> I think you're going to see the whole Rebels crew. You're going to see oh. Ezra, Sabine, Hera. Um, Hera's baby. I forget the baby's name. Um, it wouldn't surprise mm. me if you see all of them at some point. Chopper. Especially in the Ahsoka show. Um, yeah, yeah, Chopper for sure. The question is when and where. Yeah. I mean, I want to see everybody of the crew is <laughs> apart from Ezra. <laughs> or they just... Or maybe he has just matured and he's okay now. You know? That's what I was going to say. I think you actually seeing Ezra live action as an adult might make you rethink your relationship with Ezra period. (laughs) I hope so. I really want to like him. You know, he just makes it really difficult. Yeah. He's a little asshole, but what can you do? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. And so, yeah, we go back to Navarro and uh, we get to see a lot of the changes that have been made. But at first I have to say, I thought, Oh no, we're doing Navarro again. Like, are you like that unimaginative really and there is there are reasons we obviously we get to see grief karga and uh, who has his moments especially with his nice robe and the droids that follow him <laughs> everywhere to care that was a nice touch especially because it just speaks to grief's uh vanity that is yeah. really on display here like it's high magistrate or whatever that was that was fun um and how full of himself he is in a way. <clears throat> but yeah, we see a lot of other things as well. But, uh, you know, obviously IG-11, that's that's a fun subplot um, with the statue. And then he wants to revive him. That was, that was, I didn't see that coming at all. And I loved that. What do you think about that? I really didn't like that. That was the thing I didn't like about this episode, episode uh. the most, actually. Um, I, thought, I thought just like... Move on. I, I, 
I respect <laughs> him trying, but like yeah. now that we know exactly what's gonna come, like okay, he didn't make it work. He almost killed Grogu. Then he's gonna go get the MacGuffin, which is the memory chip. For some reason, they can't find yeah. it. They have to bring it back, and like it's i i would have liked okay fine he went he tried and then it didn't work and then they just move on or just like leave it behind like i no. i didn't like that that idea um personally but it does make sense to me that din is like okay i need a droid to test if this place is poisonous or not but i don't trust mm -hmm. any droids i only trust one droid uh, yeah but i just like i'm not a huge fan yeah, don't get me wrong. I didn't like that he we're doing the MacGuffin thing because I'm sorry to bring it up again, but that's with all of the set pieces and what I mentioned earlier, it's like just too much. That's also why it reminded me of, of the movie that must not be named because I was just like, it's too much and we're doing MacGuffins again and it's annoying. Um, but from a character perspective, it absolutely makes sense that you know the one droid that he trusts is not functioning anymore so he tries i would have liked to see him just give up after it doesn't work but i love that he tries and it doesn't work and that his memory was like he goes back to his default programming as they say and that yeah. was a really nice touch fair enough that's fair enough i guess so i guess it makes sense <laughs> it's not a terrible thing i'm just like in yeah. this episode i was just like ah eh, maybe not maybe not the best also kind of strange mm -hmm. that they like they they make him into a statue. Like they had enough yeah. pieces to get him into a statue, but they didn't ever try to revitalize him before. Like he like legit exploded, exploded like that explosion in the, yeah. in the, into a lava pit. How is all that still there? Like his whole head, <laughs> his torso, like one arm. It's, it's, it's quite yeah. surprising to be fair. Yeah. And also bad engineering because the whole idea of, him having to kill himself basically is so that his company's secrets of how the ig units work cannot be recovered by anyone but if if that much is <laughs> is left after that explosion and as you said especially in like a stream of lava how do, like that's bad that's bad design yeah, that's uh, that's strange, 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 strange mm. stuff to me. But overall, I kind of like Navarro. I I, I liked Mando standing against a tree as Grief Karga confronts yeah. the pirates, and he slowly gets amazing. more involved. That was a really cool, badass move by Mando. <laughs> like, really, mm. really impressive. Um, the pirates are were kind of amusing there in the sense that yeah. like we're gonna drink in this school, and he's just like this is a school. <laughs> like it was like, I'm a drink here. Like you can just bring me a drink. And it's like, this is a freaking school with kids. Like there's no, it's just, it was a really funny, like stupid, silly, petty thing, but I found yeah. it entertaining enough. And, and I also like whenever Mando's like there acting as an enforcer kind of thing and just gets to show off how badass he is with his, with his weapons. Yeah. It was really mm -hmm. cool. So uh, that was, that was fun. I also like the look of the pirates in the sense that, they look real. They don't look like fake at all. Like the emoting of it was done really, really well. And yeah, I kind of like the one guy who's left and, you know, it was kind of a fun diversion. He reminded me a little bit of, um, what's his name? Uh, oh my God. The, uh, the nephew of the main guy in Sopranos. Oh my God. How can I know? Like the nephew of Tony Soprano. 
Oh man, you're asking like me just... something. Yeah, no, no, I'm <laughs> you're the one who saw it this year. I haven't seen it yeah. in a long time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He kind of reminded me of him. Uh, that was kind of fun. And yeah, obviously he comes back later. Not too sure about the whole space pirates thing, especially the pirate king. We can get into that later. Well, the thing is, when I heard the word pirate, I was like, Hondo? Hondo? Yeah. <laughs> and no, it was not Hondo. No. Unfortunately. Unfortunately not. We, we've said it before. We would really like to see him in live action. That'd be amazing. Um, but so far not. And yeah, obviously, I, I like as well how just unrelenting grief tries to persuade Manda to become the marshal and just stay there because he knows that, that would just make his life so much easier. Exactly. Um, yeah. Also, he's super grief. That is, he's super naive in thinking that he can re- like remain independent. Uh, that's not gonna work out long term i don't think no way no way but it's definitely this frontier men mentality of like we don't want to have to be part of either this side or the other side we just want to do our own thing but yeah again it's not gonna work out no comment <laughs> <laughs> okay cool so moving on <laughs> <laughs> they try to repair IG-11 but it doesn't work and as we said we he has to find the MacGuffin the memory chip or whatever it was um, we have the cute interaction with the Anzellians and I don't know the whole gr- grief trying to translate for Mando even though Mando obviously gets everything but the f- gets it ev- every time but the first it was like kind of funny because it just tells you a lot about grief's character again. I, I kind of, kind of like how how he's just a very shifty character and very full of himself. But yeah, grief's great. Yeah. Like I, I, yeah. I sometimes think he's annoying, but in this episode, I, I did like him. Yeah, for sure. I think again, like a little bit. We've seen him a little bit too often, but in this episode, he totally works for me. And uh, yeah, we we leave him very soon afterwards. Um, and then, you know, obviously Mando gets ambushed by the space pirates again. And the, the you know, the prey becomes the hunter or the hunter becomes the prey, depending on your uh, perspective of whether you're Mando or the pirates. I thought that was a great kind of development. That was a really and, cool space battle, honestly, yeah. because it really, it's exactly as you described it. He's like running for his life. And then all of a sudden when they get into the asteroid field, he just like, it's, it's literally, it's kind of like the Ahsoka battle where she, in season two, where she turns off her lightsabers and pops up and kills somebody, turns it off, pops up and kills somebody like outside in the yeah. fog. But it's here behind these like big space rocks. I thought it was so cool. Uh, and how you see him coming closer, 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 because you get the vantage point of the pirates at a certain point. So i actually thought it was a really i okay so when i first thought about it i was like oh this is gratuitous they just had extra money to kill why are we doing this but actually mm-hmm. watching it i was like oh this is actually a good space battle like this has this has a purpose to be here i enjoyed watching it yeah and i think that's probably also due to the direction of rick from Ua, who is just really good at doing action set pieces i thought i think we've seen him direct you know being the director of a few 
of the previous episodes and all of which I think have pretty good action scenes. And this one was great. They really nailed the increasing frustration and then also fear of the pirates as they get picked off one by one. Yeah, I thought it was a great scene. And then we come to the uh, Pirate King. What was he looking like? What was that? Yeah, it's, it seemed like he had algae for a beard. And <laughs> I just I just thought, why are we doing this? This, again, is a little bit like a cross between Davy Jones and Pirates of the Caribbean and the um, the water people in uh in wakanda uh forever and like these sorts of things it's just very uncanny valley for me and i just i think i've also been exposed to too many pirate kings throughout pop culture in the last few years so i'm kind of fed up with the notion of it and he was just like ridiculous there was no sense of threat at all and he's just being he was kind of grievousy to me even though grievous was definitely more imposing than he was but it was like oh are we doing this why why i think it was just so brief his his appearance yeah. that i didn't really care the question is for me is that is he going to become like i don't know like one of those frog people from episode season 2 where it just doesn't show up again or is it going to be a oh, recurring yeah. character that's going to keep coming back I'm not entirely sure. Um, mm. I hope it's more that it's just going to, they're going to leave it to the side, but something tells me that it's <laughs> going to be something that returns. They're going to come back and attack Navarro or some bullshit like that. Yeah. I'd be, something. I'd be really surprised if that's the last we've ever seen of the pirates. I'm pretty sure they're trying to set something up here. Yeah, for sure. Unfortunately. <laughs> <laughs> yes. I feel the same way, uh, but you know, that's not our decision. Um, and yeah, so Mando and Grogu make their way to... I don't even know where it was. Uh, but was it one of the moons of Mandalore? It was another planet in the system of Mandalore. Kalevala. Kalevala, interesting. Okay. We see to get, we see a Mandalorian castle, as Din puts it, which I thought was just like... Okay, <laughs> that, that's an interesting way of phrasing it, but okay. Uh, and I was kind of surprised to see uh, a Bo-Katan that early on, but you know it makes sense for an episode like setting up a lot of things as well. And yeah, she's just super rejected because everybody left her since it's Din and not her who has the dark saber, and they've all kind of become mercenaries. That was kind of a an interesting piece of world building and an interesting interaction between the two of them. Yeah. I mean, she's really giving me on the throne the way she's sitting. She's giving me Joffrey vibes, less evil, yeah. but she, 100%. she's like, she's yeah. Right. She's, she is like setting up herself as like a villain of some kind. So I'm really mm. interested to see like what happens here. Is she going to actually come into conflict with Din Djarin? She doesn't really have any capabilities at this point to do so because it's like, it's Din <laughs> really who can lead all of like the mercenaries apparently. Like, yeah, the way she makes it seem like that he can just roll up with the dark saber and just tell a billion people what to do. I really wonder <laughs> what's going to happen with that. And yeah. is she going to be the part of the solution for him or is she going to be part of the 
whatever the opposite of solution is the problem problem <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah i mean it, that really has me thinking about the arc of this uh, uh this season because i'm pretty sure we're going to see a lot of mandalore action and maybe reclaiming it in the end you know we are we have the trope of the reluctant leader or hero even and that would fit din quite well because yeah. he doesn't want to lead the mandalorians but I could see him doing it. It's it's kind of like what Grogu is to him on a small scale can become Mandalore on the big scale. You know, he doesn't want to take care of Grogu at first, but then he just thinks differently and does so with all of his abilities. And I could I'd be interested to see the character development in him, you know, accepting the role but i'm pretty sure bokutan is not gonna just follow him <laughs> so um that's gonna be interesting and also all of the other things that are gonna happen in the meantime but yeah i'm pretty convinced we're gonna see a lot of mandalore this season and i'm here for it so much anything else you want to talk about as it relates to this episode or the season as a whole no, I think I'm good. I'm just ready for the next one because I feel like the next ones we're actually going to get a sense of what's going to happen this season, I hope. Or we'll have another mm. Fish People episode. So fingers crossed we actually get <laughs> yeah. something good. Yeah, uh, let's let's hope for the latter that we're going to get something good. Um, and yeah, I'm just really excited. As I said, we're obviously going to talk about all of these episodes a few, probably a few days after they come out. And I'm just excited to talk about good Star Wars shows, man. I'm just happy to be back with Star Wars. We've had quite a break. And this is our serially hooked bread and butter, if you will. Ain't nothing better. <laughs> and with that, thank you so much for listening. If you've enjoyed the show, give us a five-star rating wherever you listen to podcasts. For Rashad, I'm Chris, and talk to you next time. May the Force be with you. Always.